Hello and welcome back to another episode of Nice Talks. My name is Amy Thomas and this episode will be about antimicrobial resistance. But before we get into the details, I've got a favour to ask from you and that is to go into the Apple Podcast app on your mobile and rate us five stars and also leave us a review because we want to know who you are and if you're enjoying these podcasts, if they're useful or if there's anything we could do better. This episode will be about antimicrobial resistance. What is it? What does it mean? And what are we doing to help? NICE and Public Health England have been working together to produce guidance on prescribing antibiotics. And I speak to the chair of the APG guidance to find out more. I'm Tessa Lewis. I'm a GP and medical advisor. I, I chair the Managing Common Infections Guideline. What is antimicrobial resistance? Why is it important and and why should we care? We know antibiotics can save lives, but it's important we only use them when we really need them. We know that when we use antibiotics, they affect our natural biome, so the bugs that are naturally in our body. When we use antibiotics, the, the bugs can become resistant and that makes future infections harder to treat. I've seen, I think on the NICE website, that uh, again, yeah, if we don't address the situation, then by 2050, 10 million people will be dying because of antimicrobial resistance. This is John Morris. He sat on the guideline committee as a patient expert. Antibiotics were introduced in the 30s and 40s and they quickly quickly became recognised as wonder drugs. Uh, But even from the early days, people recognised that these bacteria will at some point become resistant. I've been with the committee over a year now and where. Uh, quite rapidly producing guidelines on on very common infections, uh, the sort of thing GPs see every day. I I find it helpful to consider people or ask people to consider themselves where they would lie on a spectrum of illness, if you like. So you've got one end, the low-risk spectrum, you've got people who are generally fit and well, they might have minor symptoms and signs, and then at the other extreme you can have people who are at either extreme age, so very, very young children or um, the very elderly, people with multiple other conditions. So those people at the high risk end, you're much more likely to want to use antibiotics. In primary care for GPs, you can consider GPs as risk managers. And I would argue that that the two extremes of the spectrum are relatively easy to treat. Having said that, there's a very difficult area of decision-making where you've got people who are maybe not completely at the far end, but they are still got risks. Obviously, the guidance can't detail everybody's individual risks or their particular scenario and how they present, and that's where the GPs are balancing the risks and benefits. It can seem the safest thing to admit people to hospital, but if you're very old, going to hospital can put you at risk of falls and risk of picking up a resistant infection. Similarly, you can often feel that by giving an antibiotic, you're doing the safest thing, but actually that risks more resistant infections. And as I said before, in the elderly, it risks diarrhea. So those are some of the very difficult decisions that we're having to make on, on a regular basis. That does indeed sound very difficult. <laughs> and I, I suppose not least um, as well with, you know, the, the patient in front of you, they might have an idea about how, how they want to be treated or um, their own sort of opinions about the medication that they're on as well. So you're also weighing up all those factors sort of to come to that joint decision. How many people die of uh, common infections? And is it more likely that, well, I suppose people that are in high risk categories, they're more likely to have much more sort of fatal consequences from common infections? Or is it sort of, across the board 
it, it, you're not it's not that likely that you're going to have um, some really serious outcomes from from a common infection. So we know that uh, some infections are serious. The difficulty is that those stories that we hear are very memorable. So we have a, a recall bias. We remember vividly when things gone have gone wrong. So um, that might be with a serious infection or it might be with somebody who has clostridium di- diarrhoea. And we tend to forget the thousands of uneventful consultations. So yes, infections can be serious, but it's important to keep it in context. I suppose that's a really hard thing to do as well, because you've got your emotions involved as well and, um, and lots of other factors. <laughs> Absolutely, and that is what we've tried to flag up in the guidance. And some of the guidelines has got patient decision aids as well, so that people can actually see um, how likely they are to benefit from antibiotics. As a GP, do you ever get people asking you for antibiotics? And is there a particular way that you might communicate risks and benefits, or how how do you manage those situations? Yes. So, yes, we do get people asking. Obviously, we're, we're very keen that people try and help themselves at home before they come to the GP first so people who are generally fit and well can often uh, get advice either through a website like NHS Choices or um, from their pharmacist and there's also some very good public health England leaflets on when should I worry so there's a lot of resources for those people who don't necessarily need to see the doctor. I think as prescribers we can sometimes overestimate the number of people who actually want antibiotics some people are there just just wanting reassurance or will have specific questions so it's useful to try and establish that early on in the consultation. My name is Diana Shredope. I'm the lead pharmacist for the antimicrobial resistance program at Public Health England. Promoting self-care and helping patients to manage their expectations by explaining the likely duration of these infections and the symptoms that require medical attention are also very important contributions that pharmacists can make. For example, a third of the public believe that antibiotics can treat coughs and colds and one in five expect antibiotics. But actually, as pharmacists, they have a key role to be able to explain that um, and tell the patients when they may need to visit the doctor or actually how to self-care. So, for example, getting plenty of rest, drinking enough fluids or giving them symptom control, for example, paracetamol or pain relief. What's also really important to highlight to community pharmacists and to all pharmacists is that the NICE guidelines have visual summaries. I think these are brilliant and are important to have in the pharmacy available because actually they talk you through what the prescriber should have been looking for and when an antibiotic should be prescribed immediately or when actually um, uh, an antibiotic is not needed and maybe a backup prescription should be given. That's great advice. And you can find those visual summaries on our website um, for all of the APGs and they're really great and easy to read. It's useful to advise people on the natural history of an illness. So, for example, sore throat, we know it's going to last seven or eight days, whatever we do in many cases. Um, or a cough will tend to last three weeks. What we need to see is that people are improving, that the cough is getting less frequent and the volume of phlegm is getting less. And often if people have that understanding, they're more comfortable managing their illness. Some people do very strongly believe that they need antibiotics. And in that scenario, backup prescribing can be helpful. So you can make it clear to the patient that they don't need antibiotics today, but should their condition worsen, they could then go and use their prescription. The doctors need to know uh, and be armed with um, information that uh, to perhaps deny a patient antibiotic. Equally, patient's expectations should be managed. I think that that message is getting out now. You can't expect everybody to know when exactly their condition merits antibiotic or not. 
they're, clearly they're fine. They're unwell. They're fine to go asking the question. Um, they may also find it more helpful just to go to their community pharmacist um, or accept um, some sort of triaging system, whether it's a practice nurse, maybe ringing uh, 111. And, um, but equally, you know, this isn't about stopping all antibiotics. If you're unwell, don't be afraid to seek medical help. Whose responsibility is it to reduce the use of antibiotics? It's absolutely everybody's responsibility. It's not just for prescribers. Muir Gray um, talks about the NHS and he, he states that stewardship is keeping something in trust for a future generation and the good steward passes the farm on in better condition than he found it. And he goes on to say that if we don't look after the NHS, we won't have one. And I feel the same applies for, for the antibiotics. We really need to look after them so that we have, have them to for use in the future. How are we feeling about the future for antibiotic resistance? We've talked a little bit about um, you know, the, the specific situations which can lead to resistance and, and why it's important, but are we hopeful that this kind of work is going gonna, is gonna to help the cause? Certainly. I think, you know, um, having the, the guidelines um, from NICE, as well as the various initiatives that are, are available through Public Health England and other national organisations, are all important um, for helping us to manage infections better, also to reduce inappropriate use of antibiotics. If you want to find out more about specific information that we've talked about in this podcast, I'll put the link in the description box below and you can go to our antimicrobial prescribing guidance webpage. You'll find loads of information about antimicrobial resistance and all of the work that we've talked about today. So I hope you learned as much as I did during this podcast. If you do have any more questions, please, again, get in touch through our social channels. Our Twitter handle is at NiceComs. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn as well. If you want to contact us by email, you can also email us on nice at nice.org.uk or call our inquiries line if you want to chat to somebody. Thank you again for listening. <laughs>